We hope everybody's Easter weekend is off to a fine start. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne. Hello. Derek Brandeo, Jennifer Rolnick, Sammy McKee. All with you for the next two hours. Also on tap for his regular spot on Friday. Doug McLean will join us at 325. Mm-hmm. Chris Pronger will come back and visit our show. Very good guest. Very good guest. Interesting tweets. One that lands on the financial side of life. Yes. We had your financial guy on, Stu. Yes. What was his full name? Stu Gavin. Stu Gavin. He was awesome. And talked about some of this stuff. Now, before. some people would find that like, like, no, no, I don't want to talk money. But oh, it's sp- fascinating. Sports and money. There, Chris Pronger, who when we first had him on, started his Twitter uh, handle mm-hmm. maybe a week before, and I think he's well over a hundred thousand now. I started mine in two thousand and eight. And Chris has doubled my following (laughs) (laughs) already. Perhaps, you know, if you maybe would have won a... Made the Hall of Fame? Yeah. You think that would have helped? Yeah, yeah. yeah, For sure be over (laughs) that. What was I thinking? As well. And in the second hour, um, an interesting guest that, uh, well, maybe I'll let you tell us about. Yeah. My dad coming on today. That is so cool. Yeah, Leafs play the Islanders on Sunday. Uh, some relevant, uh, obviously, some some sad news there. Um, Mike Bossy, we lost uh, this morning. Um, so we'll talk with my dad a little bit. Obviously, he was uh, best friends with Clark Gillies, close with uh, with Mike. So we'll uh, we'll get his his thoughts and tell us some stories on Bossy in those years. And I, I I am looking forward to that. I'm not looking forward to you know the news sinking in. That we've lost another yeah. great Hall of Famer uh, in our family to cancer. And I, you know, again, my condolences to the Bossy family, yeah. but to the Islander family, which is an extension of your family yeah. as well. It's been a it's been a tough year. It's jarring too. Like Bossy's 65. Clark was 67. Like it's not. Like these guys are 95 and 97. So yeah, tough times, uh, obviously tougher for my dad. Well, good. he'll be a good voice on this. Well, wherever you are watching on our Sportsnet uh, YouTube channel, uh, uh, downloading our podcast uh, or listening on Sportsnet 590, the fan, we're glad you're aboard. Uh, what seemed like pulling teeth to get offense out of the Toronto Maple Leafs earlier in the week against Buffalo, the Washington Capitals uh, were the recipe to uh, snap them right out of that. Seven even strength goals and they didn't beat the Washington Capitals. They, they smoked them. Yeah, that was, I, I mean, I, I texted you guys last night, sometimes in our group chat, when they're lumping up an opponent and Kipper, you'll drop the like Columbus sucks or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I was, I, this Leafs team is good. I, I is dropped, it? I dropped the Washington sucks last night. I didn't, I didn't let Kipper do it. I, I actually did it. Yeah. And they came in, but there's a point where you don't give them the chance to be good. I, I thought they took it to the, Washington right from the start. They just look like the way faster, more engaged, better team. I, I just, to me, I think in a different world, the capitals, if they were sort of looking behind them and they had like maybe the Islanders who had a normal start to the season and they'd be fighting for a playoff spot. They don't look like what they used to look like. I don't think they have the same desire that they did, but boy, the Leafs, that was a S kicking by the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. They looked extremely fast as well. Yeah. We will go into greater te- detail of, of Tom Wilson and the hit on, on Jack Campbell. And, you know, the three of us made a pact that, uh, you know, we, we won't gush on Tom Wilson longer than Reminder, I think a minute. Reminder, he was the bad guy. A minute. Oh. We got our, right, Sammy? It's a, it's a Leaf show. You're, you're the president of Leaf Nation. I, CEO, yeah. but it, it's hard not to when when you think of Tom Wilson. But before we go there, let's give more credit to the fact that I'm with you, Sammy. The one thing that is abundantly clear is that when Toronto's going, mm-hmm. God, they're a fast team and speed kills. Flying, flying. Like Willie makes that third line fast. Mikheyev on the second line. Mikheyev last night was like... 
I mean, Connor McDavid out there. He, he. I mean, they could hardly one, contain him. One step to the outside for him or Engvall now means that you have a chance to get uh, a clear path yeah. to the net. Yeah, like I, I was just actually pulling up Washington's decor to figure out who they had. All I should know because all I saw was the backs of their jerseys all night just chasing these guys. Schultz, Jensen, uh, Van Riemsdyk, Carlson. Like they were just, they couldn't keep up. I don't know, you know, if you're in a playoff series against the Capitals, you just have to feel good about that alone. Like you just wouldn't feel like the Caps would be able to keep up with your horses. So impressive speed night from the Leafs. Last time the Leafs had three players score multiple goals in the same game. January 7th, 2011, against the Thrashers, Grabowski, MacArthur, and Kuhleman. Which was a line. Which was, was it a, really? Yes, it was. They played together. It was a great line for the Leafs that I uh, yeah, I did spent know. way too much time defending as a great line. You know, I look back <laughs> on the years of the guys that I defended and said were great players. And it was these kind of guys. It was Kuhleman and Grabowski, and now I well, Matthews and Marner. The, the good news for last night, for me anyways, is the fact that it wasn't Matthews and, and Marner uh, they set up bunting, no question that that was yeah. a good start. But when you thought about uh, the end of the game, uh, they they were down in the pecking order. For me, it was Mikheyev. For me, it was mm-hmm. uh, Engvall. And, and certainly bunting, getting back uh, in the goal-scoring column after, what, 17 games without a goal. Yeah. What do you make of this Engvall fella? And I know, Sammy, this is something that, you know, like he's really – our perception of this guy has changed from the start of the year and what he is to this team, right? I have to say that he was probably in our early weeks of yours, shows. Yours. Uh, your okay. whipping boy. <laughs> in I our, never dumped on Engvall <laughs> like you. In our early weeks of shows, which I will never, ever listen to again, <laughs> we, 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 uh, I, I guess, I guess I was the only one, but was very hard on Pierre Engvall. And I so, been too. And so yeah. was the coach. Every chance he got. It's true. Every chance he got, he would take a swipe at Angval. They'd win six. Ah, but Angval tonight, you know, he's just got to be better. And I think it's worked. He goes north so much more effectively than he used to. He always would be turning back. He seemed to be afraid of contact. The question I have for you guys now is what you've seen from him in the past, I don't know, what, a month that he's been really effective? Like, is there any part of you that's tempted if you're Sheldon Keefe to elevate him in the lineup? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if you would or not well, because he's so effective in the bottom half. But, man, you want to give him a little bit more ice. I think if uh, if you find yourself in, in certain predicaments, especially in the playoffs, there, there's, there's not a sense that they can't move up in the lineup, Engvall or Mikheyev, in any scenario – whether it's Tavares or Matthews or Marner or Nylander, they've done enough now to say that uh, they can, if if you need a jolt or you mm-hmm. need to pick up the, the pace of a game, yeah. 100% these guys are in a better position to, to, to be counted on to have more of an impact. Yeah, but I don't want to see Pierre Engvall in the top six. Well, Something's gone awry. It's... it's I agree with you. If you're asking me now, is Engvall now a legitimate top six guy in the National Hockey League? Maybe on Seattle, but certainly not on a contending Stanley Cup team. Yeah, you know, to me, you're going to get what you got out of Pierre. Maybe not last night because he was awesome last night. But you're going to get what you get from him, whether he's on the fourth line, the third line, the second line. How often do you see him work little give and goes and, you know, a lot of uses line mates a lot. To me, he's a guy who uses his speed to turn the other Ds, he, turn the defenseman's heels. And that's great. And, and then, it has value, but it's not and something then just you want throw with it your the, best guys. And then he kind of just throws it to the front of the net like you saw last yeah. night with Bunting tapping Sometimes one in. great goes great. Yeah. But I, his... His ice time still is not, like, really high. You know, it's in the 15, he 12, yeah. 11 range. You, you, and you got to be and, careful. It, uh, it, it's, it's maximizing the most out of the minutes that you're, you're giving. And if he starts going and creeping into that 15 to 18, that could be enough to drop his level. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. So last night... Uh, Matthews and Marner, because of what we're talking about. Here's Matthews' uh, ice time the last five games. 25 minutes, 23, 21, 21 and a half. Last night, 18. Yeah. 18 and change. Didn't need him. Yeah, Marner was 19. And good on Sheldon for identifying that and, and, and pulling it back. Yeah. Now, I also thought, for me, at times, can I be critical of Tavares? Yeah. 
I loved his game last night. Mm-hmm. I loved the way he moved the puck. I think he he had four assists. They took one away from him. Yeah, ended up with three. Three. I loved his little feed coming over the, the neutral zone, the blue line with the, a little bit of speed, the nice nifty pass underneath the, yeah. the defender stick over to Morgan Riley. Beautiful. And then ends up with the Labushkin hammer time. Yeah. So a couple of things from what you said there. How many? How much ice do you think Tavares had last night? He's always around 17, 18. He was 14 4 yeah. last night <laughs> with three, yeah. three assists plus four. They don't him. like Tavares at 20. No. So, and I, I think off. it's something you want to see from him is heading in the right direction towards the playoffs. But you mentioned uh, Ilya Labushkin scoring last night. And there's just at any level of hockey, there are a few things that other guys in the team love more than when the guy who never scores scores. You know what it is? It's the fat guy touchdown. Yes, exactly <laughs> what it is. Like, it's like, you could physically, they showed the bench after Labushkin powdered that one, by the way, like hard, low blocker, beat him yeah. clean. But the the guys on the bench, everyone was extremely fired up. Look, pumped. Love to see it. How about the, uh, yeah, just the the mojo and the confidence out of Labushkin now. Yeah. I can't, I can't see him at ever feeling as good as he feels right now. What a as spot. a Toronto Maple Leaf compared to where probably uh, he, he he was in Arizona. He's coming out of the KHL, and then he's kind of, you know, he didn't get in uh, the Coyotes lineup when they played the play-in games a couple years ago, and then he becomes a full-time 15 minutes a night guy for the Coyotes. He's, he's playing 17, 18 minutes, play, oh playing, Morgan, playing Morgan Riley, Toronto Maple Leafs. And family's I, just up here now. Again, Let's go, Boosh. And the, the power of the Toronto media just building anything they can with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, now there's, now there's articles, I think, in The Athletic I read today that uh, – Everything you you didn't know about Labushkin, those type of articles are coming out now. Yeah, those will right? get written in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got one guy, Craig Morgan. They got one guy oh covering my the team. God. So, so there's not as many stories to write when it's one guy. Jeez. Arizona Republic is thin yeah. on uh, <laughs> thin on coverage. Uh, that's an article that Labushkin should have just in case you know they get knocked out in the first round. Remember this? Yeah. Remember <laughs> this one? Remember how good I was? Yeah. His, right. His eight agent games is going to Kyle. Eight, eight games before. The the regular season was over. Remember yeah. everything you wanted to learn about me, and now you're running me out of town? Uh, I'm sure it'll go just fine for him. But it was a good night. Uh, you know who it wasn't a good night for on the decor? Someone who plays a similar style, uh, Jake Musson. This is a big story, guys. Mm-hmm. You think so, Ed? Yeah, I do. I think this is a very big deal, a very concerning scenario for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Hmm. The fact that... Uh, he is not feeling like himself and needs to pull himself back out of the lineup. This was a significant second concussion that he had that led to his most recent time off. Yeah. And so that's this, what we're talking about here. You think he keeps it as a flare up. So meant like brain is, is, is he dealing with something else, as Sheldon may have alluded to? He did. That he said is... it wasn't related to the other injury, which oh, you would have been. Oh, no, no. I, yeah. Well, whatever's going on, I'm not taking that away from Sheldon that he may have other issues. Everybody's got bumps and bruises along the way. Is he 100% healthy, excluding the, the hit to the head that he took? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do I think, from my experiences and then watching him, and let me tell you something, that – that goal that uh, uh, Carlson walked, Carlson. Carlson walked yeah. him last night. Not pretty. That is, to me, a red flag that this guy is not right. Something's not firing as quick, not whether right. it's between okay. the ears or uh This guy's a $6 million or, uh, shutdown guy who's made a living of a great gap yeah. and, being, and having the ability to push guys like Carlson to the wall. Him. I mean, it's a tough okay. play. He's got a gap up and back up he, with him. But I mean, he looked like a zigzag last night. <laughs> okay, out of Sammy's men's league. You know, I, I don't mean that to be disrespectful. No, I know what you mean though. I'm it's, telling it's, you that I'm only saying that because he is not right, and he needs to shut it down, and he needs to find himself yeah. getting better. And I don't, I don't think that there's enough time between me and you and everybody listening between and, now and game one. Now you're looking at. Is it Hall? Is it Lilligren? Is it Labushkin who's in? Hall, Lilligren, and Labushkin are in. Muzzin's out. 
That's it's I I, a I problem. Even, I JB, I even go beyond that. And all season long, I've been saying prior to the deadline that you may need seven, eight, nine D. How's Rasmus doing for the playoffs? It's you've lost Muzzin, Sandine. If if you haven't lost him and he comes back, you could lose him again. Yeah. If you lose somebody else now, yeah, you are in deep trouble. You're gonna play. You're you're trying to play every other night for two months. You can't afford to lose anyone else. Where is the depth gonna come if Muzzin's out and you lose somebody else or somebody gets a suspension? Like this is that they're they're exposed right now on the back end for me. For a team that's trying to win four rounds, I don't see a whole lot of depth. Do you? Well, they're eight guys deep. Muzzin and Sandine out right now. Both could be available in playoffs. If neither are available, they're in big trouble. So, yeah, a couple of those guys, one of those guys at least has to work out because you're right. The next guy is what, Carl Dahlstrom? Mm-hmm. Like, not not even joking. Like, I, don't, I barely even know who it would be. So, yeah, they, they, they've got issues here, and they need to be healthy to have a chance. What has looked different about the Toronto Maple Leafs to me? Since Giordano has come, him and Labushkin have changed this decor to one that's a little more physical, a little uh, less likely to get hemmed in and make the big turnover, and they're a bit more mm. responsible. And that's gone a long way for this team, um, but they need to be healthy. So if they don't yeah. have those guys and they – they're going to look different than how it's looked, which has been very yeah. good, and that's a concern. I, I think I think Muzzin tried. I think he felt a, uh, a sense of responsibility to come back. Yeah. Even in, in, in knowing that he wasn't 100%, he went in there anyways, and he got burned really bad for it. I wonder, and this is just obviously it's hindsight is completely 2020 here, but looking back on it, if... Dubas has big regrets, not just, you know, the LTIR situation at the deadline, giving yourself a little bit more cap space and, and doing something bigger. Or I wonder uh, because, if he I mean, looks how many... this and says, you know, Muzzin needed to get in a few. We needed to see where he'd be at. Yeah. needed to see where yeah. the issues are before finding out in the first yeah. round. Yeah. But I, I get Sammy, your point. It's a good point. It's a great point. And I don't expect to see Muzzin back between now and the end of the season. Wow, and... really? Yeah, it's six games left. Seven. Eight? He's not right. Yeah. He's just not right. And I don't, uh, we're we're talking another two weeks going to make a huge difference. Yes, it depends. After he's been off for how long? How long was he off last? A month? Five weeks? It was a month, yeah. Yeah. One month. A little bit, I think even a little longer than a month. Okay. And listen, maybe he will. Maybe uh, he'll take the weekend off and then feel great coming back. But... I don't like I don't like that chance. I, I don't like the the odds. I don't like those chances. No, me either. Um, let's get to the Tom Wilson thing before we get to Doug. Your thoughts last night, fellas? Yeah. Tom Wilson going outside on Muzzin, jumps around to the inside of the you yeah. know ends up clipping Campbell who's reaching for a puck. What did you think of the incident? Not even a penalty. Not oh. even a penalty. Couldn't on disagree any, more. on anyone else except Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson's lost the benefit of the doubt, though. That, and I don't, I won't argue with that at all. Yeah. And if if you want to be the official and you want to be, play super safe mm-hmm. and have a feeling of reassurance yeah. from your bosses or, you know, your your officials, yeah, put them in the box for two minutes. No yeah. problem at all. Yeah. If it's Any, Timothy anyone else that does that. Anyone for, else yeah. didn't. Didn't, wasn't lined up into the blue paint. His feet were off. The angle was off from the Campbell. post from Campbell. Yeah. Campbell came out of his blue paint, mm-hmm. and it was just incidental contact, and Wilson had nowhere else to go. Yeah. So for me, um, Wilson puts himself in a position on purpose of being able to say I had nowhere else to go, which is something as a coach you tell your players, take the puck to the net. One of two things happen. You create a scoring chance or the D pushes you into the goal, and we like either outcome. To me, Campbell, or sorry, uh, Wilson has a lane to the outside on Muzzin. He knows if he jumps to the inside, he has one but of two he things. Does, he doesn't know if Muzzin's going to drive him in there or not. He's a, no, well, he right. But if Muzzin doesn't, he gets a puck, and he's a great spot. A great play by Wilson. I'm not yeah. saying Wilson made a bad play. Yeah. I'm saying Wilson knows what he's doing. 
Where if, where if he doesn't get to have the puck and whatever, he gets to go, oh, he pushed we, we me all, in. We all, we've all done that, yeah, though. Of course. It's it, brilliant. It's like when, you, I know, it's like when you're playing it's golf and you hockey. drive one over the, the tree and you're like, oh, that was an aggressive line. Probably shouldn't have gone that way. <laughs> yeah, it's you an know? aggressive line. And, yeah. Yeah, it's like him and Marshawn always cruising around the blue paint. Ah, he came out of his blue paint. It's like, do, well, do we have... Uh, Campbell's comments. We have, Ke- we have we have Keith. Oh have no, Keith. no! You, you, we got a f- Jack was the key in all <laughs> of this. Give me this info well, before the show. We were here for two hours before <laughs> oh, the show. Did we I could, not? Nah, did, I didn't, oh my god! Could have mentioned it. Campbell, all right. Campbell's comments were. It's a fine play. It's a hockey play. I, I, he's a good he's guy. Met him at the All Star game. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I got no problem with it at all. But that's smart, right? That deads the issue. That kills it. Now it's not like, whoa, that guy's an idiot, and the next time they play them in a week, it's a whole hullabaloo. It just it kills the issue. They won the game. You know, Keith had a quote. So when they played six weeks ago, Tom Wilson uh, punked John Tavares, tossed him to the ice. Yeah. And uh, Keith had a comment where he basically said, you're not going to change the way Tom Wilson plays. If we go jump Tom Wilson and everyone fights Tom Wilson, the next game Tom Wilson goes, I was good. I Not only did I get I what won. I want, I got to beat up six of yeah. their players. Yeah, but that's – Sheldon never played that role, so he doesn't truly understand the depth of it. Yeah. and I'm just saying you, Sheldon liked that they kept playing last yeah, night. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But, you know, you, there's there's different ways you can go about it. And, and one of them is, you know, maybe don't go after Tom Wilson. Then go after Carlson. Go after somebody else. But just don't do nothing. nothing well, they, and, well and, Clifford and did just, something. And just hope that you can keep playing. This is another Muzzin thing, though. Like, Muzzin sees his goalie get brained by a guy who's got because a of him, long history. Because of him. Whatever. Yeah. I don't agree that the... the it's the case, but <laughs> um, but Muzzin knows. Like Muzzin says nothing. Doesn't say, "Hey, next time, don't." Um, like something. I, I Muzzin's head's awfully soft right well, now. He doesn't want to go in there. Sign that it's like an issue. It, I just I love Tom Wilson. Like he's just what's the, not to love. He's the and main he character. Like, oh, yep. And he's on the he's on the bench. He's like, fight your own guys. Like I didn't do anything. And then see, he's and, chirping bunting for the monkey off the back. Like uh, he's uh, all over everyone. You're watching a game like that, and and you're you're saying, okay, you want to try to take runs at us? Uh, we'll beat you with our speed, our skill, our power play. Um, by the way, is what now? Um, uh, oh, for let's not talk about that. Okay, let's not talk about that. <laughs> but let's get that thing going as yeah, quickly please, as possible. Please. Yeah, two weeks so, if you want to just outskill them, that's fine. But again, my my feeling is I'm not watching this for one regular season game. My envision is what's the season? What's a what's a what's a playoff series going to look like by game six or game seven? If Tom Wilson's out there running around like he's King Kong. Shoot it in their net more than that. Right? You're just so sick of it. And, you know. I, that, that's the only thing is how much are they going to be able to take? And if they beat them, how what's going to be left of them? How much can any team take? If uh, Tom Wilson's going to do what he does, and you just have to beat the hockey team. You like, do. You're not going to You just have to survive him. You yeah. just have to but survive like your tornado. It's, it's, Correct. Yeah, you're talking about one guy, though. But yeah. teams are watching right now and saying that is the recipe to go after the Leafs, just be more if physical against the them. Toronto Maple and Leafs no. watch to... the Cap seven three last no. night. Yeah. So that's the recipe. I know uh, the Leafs are going. But yes, yeah. I have to say that, that is... I thought they answered the other than the res- immediate res- immediate response to Tom yeah. Wilson, which I hated. Hated. There was nothing. But after that, they matched them physically the whole game. I mean, you saw Riley throwing hits. You saw like Marner throwing his weight around. I really felt like they haven't been overmatched physically in many games this year. Like, I, I think back to, I guess, maybe Winnipeg where it got squirrely. There's Nashville. The, Nashville. But, I mean, Nashville out-physicals everyone. But I really do think that the way they played after the Wilson stuff last night is a good yeah. indicator of how it can go in the playoffs. I give Clifford full credit. Oh my he God. took out. Uh, oh my poor God. Cliffy, Listen, eh? He's I, like, I, I got to do this. Uh, and he's this guy's had... We, we talk about head injuries, Muzzin. He's had some too? Yes. Oh, yeah. This yeah. guy's got some issues. I don't know if I'd be comfortable continuing if I'm Kyle Dubas or Brendan or Sheldon to put him in that predicament. Hmm. And I, I will say this. I didn't think it was Clifford's fight for Wilson. I thought it was Wayne Simmons' fight. You know, Sheldon that made one, a comment after one, the game. That one should have been Wayne Simmons. That should not have been Clifford. Simmons is the better fighter. He is quicker. He's 
wilier. I thought I thought Simmons should have handled that. I can't find the quote exactly, but Sheldon did say something to the effect of, um, you know, that he thought Wayne and um, Wayne and Clifford handled it well, Clifford specifically, and like he kind of almost like caught himself. Like I, I got the vibe that he would have liked so, to have seen Clifford or S- Simmons do it too. But like, it just goes back to the absolute freak that Tom Wilson is. Tom Wilson is was the most noticeable player on the ice for the Caps last night. Their best player by far, no doubt. Draws a penalty. He's out there killing penalties. He scores a goal, and he beats the crap out of a legit fighter. He's like he's, he's just twenty five goals. He's the number one hundred pims unicorn he, he guy in the league. Up. He, he did. Sh- he showed up. I know it's his hometown, but like I just I no. He's like that most nights. I know. And I <laughs> I sent a tweet that got me in a little bit of trouble last night that I said that there's. The, the list of guys on the lease I wouldn't trade for Tom Wilson is 34, uh, 16, and 44. And that's the end of the list. And I got, I got some heat for that one. Uh, why? Yeah. <laughs> why? I guess everyone's going to say Nylander, anyway, but you wouldn't yeah. go Nylander yeah. for Tom Wilson? Yeah. Come on. Yes, you would. Yes, in a heartbeat. It's but not, hey, Nealander was close. good last night. So. Nealander was great. Awesome night. What a clapper. Taps oh, the ice yeah. first. What did, what did you ask uh, before the show? Uh, which players in their prime would you rather oh, have? Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, Lucic. Lucic. Lucic or Tom Wilson, or Tom prime Wilson. player. Yeah. Uh, Wilson all day long. So, just, Lu- just, yeah. just because of the skating. Yeah. Right? W- yeah. Wilson's like a, a fantastic skater. Yeah. Lucic had a 30 goal season and I think yeah. four 20 goal seasons as well. Listen, it's, I mean, Tom e- either Wilson or. will have that pace. Either or. In but his career as well. Lucic never skated like Tom Wilson. Yeah. He is really well-rounded. Um, you know, he's he, effective wherever you put him in the lineup. So I thought the Leafs handled it well last night. You know, they end up, they, they continue to take it to the Capitals. They scored right after that a couple of goals. Um, so good show on that. I, we could listen to Keith. I guess we got uh, Doug coming on in a sec. Maybe yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll track down uh, Doug McClain, get his thoughts on Toronto. And their quality. And their quality. And uh, other than that, Jack Campbell... It, it, I guess it's a start to trying to find his rhythm to get himself ready for the playoffs, but didn't like him on the uh, the one timer there where on he, the Wilson one timer, yeah, yeah like, trying to get over post well, to post. It was awkward, wasn't it? Like he didn't push back to the post. Yeah. He didn't. He kind of just like it just didn't look like he'd been goaltending. He hasn't been playing consistently, and we got Doug. All right, let's welcome in Doug McLean. It's Friday, which means that. Uh, this is about the time of the show where it kind of falls off at the rails. That's fine. It's Friday. That's what it's for. Mac, how are you? So I got bumped for Pronger, eh? Well, yeah, yeah I mean. Why is he in my time slot? Why is he in my time well, slot? Well, because he had to he, go pick he up break, his. He yeah. can. Like, did he take a math course since he retired so he can <laughs> de- uh, determine how much people make? Like, seriously, we all know the tax laws, Chris. You know, we know what you're paying taxes. We know what escrow is. We need him to put it in black and white for us. Uh, And he becomes a superstar. I mean, I followed him. I mean, I followed him because, you know, but I didn't think I was going to get, you know, stuff from an accounting department when I followed him. I thought I was going to get some juice. Do you think he wrote the the tweets? Yeah. Think so? Well, I mean, I, I what's the point? You think he got, he got an accountant to do it for him? A PR guy or something? Why? Well, the, it's, what's the point then? Doug's right. <laughs> gonna We're going to ask him. He's coming <laughs> on the a, show, and he bumped Doug a, out of his spot. because. A, Go ahead. That's the story of my career. I got I got Robbie Niedemeyer instead of Scott. I got Sean Pronger instead of Chris. <laughs> I mean, I... You got the wrong brothers, man. Oh, I love I hey Robbie Niedermeyer was my all time favorite. I love that guy. And Sean Pronger was the best. Every time I'd send for the minors, I actually put it in his book. I used to just go in with I used to send I sent him up and down ten times one year, you know, to the minors. So I said, Sean, do I have to call you in every day and explain, you know, we we've got too many guys and we need you playing. Do I have to do that every time I'm so he said, No, let's just do it this way. You walk into the dressing room and just nod at me. I'll pack my stuff and leave. <laughs> and, and, and he so he, he said that he really, really appreciated me as a GM, but his wife hated my guts. Oh, I'm so anyway, sure. You took away her that. Apple money. That's what you did. 
Oh, they're great people. Great people. So anyway, last night, last night the the Leafs run over. Uh, with the exception of Tom Wilson, they run over the Washington Capitals. So is it, uh, it, by the time game one starts, are we seeing last night's version of the Leafs or the one before that against Buffalo? I, I hope it's not the Florida version or the uh, or the Buffalo version. I don't think it will be. I mean, look, this team has lived with this all year, the the embarrassment of the Montreal series and the embarrassment of the last number of first-round exits. I mean, I, I, I've got to believe, I've got to believe we're going to see a different team coming into the playoffs. I've got to believe it. Now, the challenge is, is every first round, is they're going to play Tampa. I know they played well against Tampa, but, you know, it's going to come down to probably Vasilevsky versus... Jack Campbell or or the other guy. I mean, that's going to be a, a tough matchup for the Leafs, but the Leafs are playing better today for the most part than Tampa have been. Tampa's, of course, they haven't had McDonough, important guy. You know, um, that that blue line of McDonough, Hedman, Sergachev, um it's going to be a tough matchup for the Leafs forwards, but they'll 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 really test Tampa's defense too, I think. Doug, we were watching uh, the Leafs try to answer to Tom Wilson last night and the physical element that he brings. Sheldon Keefe in the past has said he just wants his team to keep playing. You're not going to change the way Wilson you know, operates. What are your thoughts on the Leafs' ability to answer physical teams, which seems to have been one of their question marks in the past? Well, I don't care about you know matching up in a, in a, in a fighting situation. It's It's you know, will they match up with determination when Hedman, McDonough, even Sergachev, Bogosian, and these guys? I mean, the, the Tampa have some guys that'll mix it up, Maroon. But it's not about the fighting. It's about will they battle through the pounding? Will they battle through on the forecheck? Will they battle through? You know, last night was a great win because they didn't score a power play goal. Five, a five on five goals is what it's all about at playoff time. And with your playoff chipping in here and there. I, so, you know what? I, I'm a, still a little w- worried about some of their guys, but I think Matthews, I love John Tavares' game last night. Nylander's been good lately. Uh, yeah, I think it's just going to be an unbelievable series. Let's not forget uh, – Columbus beat Tampa at their grinding game. Not with their skill, but with their grinding game. So how can the Leafs match up? It's going to be skill versus skill. It's not going to be grind like Columbus brought to the table in that series. It's going to be more skill. So tough, interesting matchup. Is is something going on with Vasilevsky pulled last night? Um, Is would there be a concern there? He's supposed to be the only one really in the East that uh, everybody's convinced is the proven one, right? Uh, a sure thing almost, but like uh, you're watching Tampa Bay sliding and that's got to be the first place you look, right? Well, you know, they, they, he, to me, he's the best goalie in the league. You know, he and Markstrom have been pretty well rock solid for a number of years. I I think it's probably rest. I think they're concerned. I mean, they should be. They play, you know, the, uh, the biggest break Tampa Bay got for me is McDonough getting hurt because they didn't play the living daylights out of him. Hedman plays a ton of minutes. He's a big body guy, but look, it, it wears on you. I think, I think they've got to be a little bit concerned about fatigue, even with their top forwards. I mean, I watched them play Detroit. If it wasn't for their power play with Stam, Coase, and Kucherov and Point, they wouldn't have won a game in Detroit a, a week or 10 days ago the last time I actually watched them. You know, they play their top guys a lot. And, you know, this time of year, you start to get a little nervous about it. And they've taken some heat. They haven't been that good lately, guys. No, you know, one of the, the top guys that gets played a lot or has uh, over the past couple of years in Toronto is Jake Muzzin. I don't know if you watched that game last night, but he got cooked by Carlson on the uh, on, on that one goal. He didn't go at Wilson after clipping their goaltender. He just didn't look like himself, and now it sounds like something has flared up for him. He's not he's not in practice for the Leafs. What are your thoughts on what's going on with this guy? He's someone they were counting on heading into the playoffs. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was beat bad on that goal. Is he caught a little, you know, in, uh, off balance on yeah. it or what? But it looked awful. I, I'm not, I'm not sure he he doesn't look to be a hundred percent. The other thing, and I, and I mentioned this to Nick. I mean, have they played Brody and Giordano one shift together? I mean, these two guys were together ten years. Have they played one shift together in Toronto? I think I'm they're saving like, them. What is? What I think is you're right. That? I, I saving think, them for what? Just what in case. Them for? Well, uh, it's like spreading out the uh, the offense. They don't make the playoffs. You don't, you don't want to load up. They're in the playoffs. Well, <laughs> I think. I mean, they haven't played together for a couple of years. You think they might want to try them together? The odd time. I mean, I, I sometimes I watch them go into a couple of games with a small lineup, and I'm thinking, what are you doing? And you're just getting crushed. Then they put some big bodies in the lineup. They look like a little bit of a different team. You got Gio and Brody who have never. They haven't played. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think they played one shift together. And yet they were together for ten years. Like seriously. I mean, I. I mean, I like like Bruskin and Bruskin and Booskin, whatever his name is, but come on. I mean, they got to get this blue line. This this top four on their team is going to be critical in the playoffs. Labushkin's a star right now. Oh, yeah. They're he's, writing he's articles on him that uh, tell you everything you need to know about him. I, I read the articles on Hall, too, a year ago when he was a star. <laughs> okay, good point. Uh, just switch gears yeah. a little bit. Uh, I'm almost scared to ask you, but did you uh, read the uh, the athletic uh, article on uh, Eugene Melnick's legacy? Maybe a, a thought. Maybe I might regret it, but a thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I read it, and I, you know what? Look, I, I've been around owners for a long time, 24 years, and they're they're really tough people. Um, I, you know what? I didn't like it. I, I, I got to tell you, I didn't like it. I, I, I didn't like the fact that the article was written after Eugene Melnick died or passed. I, I didn't like it. I mean, if, if you're to me, if you're going to write that article and you've been working on it for a year and a half or whatever they were working on it, then you put it out. You have the, you know, the balls to put it out when the guy's still alive or you go to him and you say this happened. He should have the right to say, yay, yay, nay. It didn't happen. Debate it. But to write that after he's passed, I didn't like it. And I look, I've known should, lots should. of things about, we've all heard Eugene Melnick stories. I don't know. We all hear them. But shouldn't a guy have an opportunity I don't know. to I mean, debate it instead of if, when he passes and his kids and his family read this? I know, but... And, and I mean, look, if something's going to... There's some bad things, things said, Mac. There's, there's bad things in there that um, should should come out dead or alive. Yeah, I agree. But shouldn't he have the right to at least say yes or no? It didn't happen. Or it did, or or, or at least... or So the question is, why would they do it after he died? Why would they write? Well, them? why we, would they put it out after he died? I, I, Were they scared he would sue them? Yeah, I, uh, that, I, we threw that out uh, the other day. That maybe uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it was uh, the lawsuits, the the potential for a lawsuit. I, I don't know. I can't answer that question. That's better to be asked to oh, uh, the three what, people that, that wrote the article. So is that what is that how pay, pay, uh, newspapers operate? That you. You're scared of a litigious situation, so you don't write it till yeah. the guy passes away. I, so look, whether I, look, there was bad things in that article. There was bad things in that article. I only question why not write it when he's alive. That's my only question. I don't debate there was bad things. Interesting. Brian Murray worked for him for eleven years. I talked to Brian Murray a lot. Brian Murray never mentioned Eugene Melnick's name to me, other than. He wanted Paul McLean fired seven times one night from the press box to the dressing room and didn't want him going on the train back to Ottawa. That's the only thing Brian ever mentioned him in 11 years of working for Eugene. So, look, it, bad. We all know there was, you know, Eugene had his issues. There's no doubt about that. I just say, why not write it before he passed away? That's all. That's all I'm saying. Uh, what did and you make of the, the right uh... to respond? 
Kipper mentioned yesterday a potential uh, sale price for what the Senators might be valued at. You know, a hypothetical was a Kipper on $900 million? Yeah, that's, that's the number kind of being bounced around within uh, the inner circles. What are your thoughts on that? Does that sound about right for an Ottawa Senators franchise? Oh my God! Yeah, Seriously. yeah. No, so, I, we'd love to get your so, take on so, that before we get to the financial guru of Chris Pronger. Money show. Yeah, he's uh, he he'd be better to ask than that because <laughs> he could break it down for you. I like nine hundred million. I, I I I mean, I guess I guess when you buy hockey teams, you you don't go by what you know the the profits are and the revenues are and the, you know what you know what the you know what the multiples are around do they make a profit or not i mean 900 man i was thinking maybe six or 650 but 650 with but, seattle but again but listen let's not let's not get it nick said campbell was getting a new six million dollar deal a few months that may happen when he was setting you know, records that may happen if they hey yeah, over 20 games. Now, if he wins a couple <laughs> rounds or three rounds or goes to the Stanley Cup, you might be right yet. So I'll have to – and if you are, you know, I will I will apologize. But I – $900 million, American or Canadian? <laughs> Mexican. See, now, now I regret bumping you up in the 325 uh, slot because you haven't had yoga. You haven't had, uh, you know, uh, your, your 90-year-old instructors to, you know, tell you how – to do things and you came on a little crusty today <laughs> i i did my strength training this morning and i finished my bicep curls and the guy said is that your last set i said yeah do you want me to bump the weights up a little or leave them where they are <laughs> this bodybuilder <laughs> this bodybuilder looked at what i was doing and bicep curls and he said, oh my god <laughs> anyway <laughs> lots of fun but All i right. feel good anyway en- enjoy uh, your easter weekend okay chatting. all the best to your family Take care, guy. You didn't even comment on my Melnick stuff. You you didn't agree. You didn't disagree. You didn't. You just you just sort of sat there. Yeah. Silence, no. No. I. I. Okay. I, that's fine. I, I'm a big believer of the truth coming out. That's all. And okay. hey, listen, if okay, and good. if if they want to uh, if they want to say anything, they're more than happy to come out with statements. I'm not hearing anything from anybody. That's all. Off the Ottawa side, off of the estate, off of the family. Where is everybody? If uh, where, where are the public statements? I just heard they were devastated. That's all. Okay, and that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, they, yeah. You know. they're not going to come up with public statements anyway. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Mac. Thanks, man. Thanks, Mac. Bye. Well, I don't know. I no, mean, I know, Kipper. Listen, I... I don't know what to say. I mean... Well, no, I, listen, I just, they, they were reporting this Some bad piece things in that article that were, were before he a, passed. A, alleged. So if, if you're going to refute them, come out and tell us. Right. They, they were writing this a year before, or even more, 16 months, I think you had mentioned yesterday, before he passed. Um, you know, once you have done that and a guy gets sick and is dying or whatever, like... I, He's not going to answer questions then. He can't answer yeah. questions it once was, he's gone. What do you do with the information yeah. then? Just, you know, it doesn't yeah. go away once you're, once you're dead. doesn't. Yeah. So, I just don't get the sense that we're going to hear anything from anybody anytime soon. And it just will just all move on. Yeah. It is. I will say that piece went out to strange quiet to me. And I do feel like some of the quietness was about people not being sure how to deal with it, given how recent his death was. You know, because there's a lot of stuff that I, I think is usually your t- should have been my Twitter feed yesterday. Should have been all about that. Yeah. You know, no disrespect to another show on this station, but like, you know, it was hour, like seven hours after it came out. They're like, oh, that came out? Like this article yes. should have dropped with the weight of an anvil. And, and it didn't. No. And you're right. It just kind of just. Yeah. Anyway, what's going on tomorrow? Okay, we're going to take a quick break here, uh, catch our breath, and uh, welcome in Chris Pronger after the break. You're listening and watching Real Kipper and Born. We'll be back after these messages. The code word for today's episode to text 59590 to qualify for your shot to win Lee's Bruins tickets on April 29th is Smith. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
working on Chris Pronger as we speak. Sammy McKee has got the man. Um, we're welcoming Chris Pronger. You know, Prong's Doug McLean was not very happy getting bumped out of his uh, slot. I said, you're not a Hall of Famer. You're not a Hall of Famer. And you're not that smart financially, right? So now we've got, like, yeah. you are the Warren Buffett right now, the National Hockey League. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> so, listen, you, when when you first appeared on our show, uh, what, three months ago, you had just started uh, in Twitter. You asked me for a personal favor. Can I can I help you promote it, get, get a few followers? I said, yeah, okay, <laughs> I will. <laughs> and, and now you're at 100,000. And I, we're we're intrigued by your most recent one to kind of explain the whole financial side of the National Hockey League and what players have gone through financially, and just the reasoning behind it. Why 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 those type of tweets? Yeah, I was uh, I was down in Austin and I had uh, dinner with uh, with a guy I actually met on Twitter who's from St. Louis, uh, quite a bit younger than I. Uh, built a tech company, just had a liquidity event, and we start talking, and he was talking about, you know, what he's doing with money, and he asked me, and we start talking about it, and, you know, and then, of course, you talk about the mistakes and the bad investments and all that stuff. It's like, you know, you should do a thread on that. That'd be pretty cool. I think people would like that. And so he helped me. He obviously knows what he's doing as it relates to tech and Twitter and all that. So I'm like, uh, all right, well, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll do one. So he helped me put it together, and, uh, yeah, I guess it went off pretty good. <laughs> it did. I was fascinated viral. by that. It went viral, did it not? Yes, oh, for sure. Yes, I, it, did, it did go viral, yes. Yeah, I was saying to Kipper, I've been on uh, Twitter since 2008. You have double my followers now. I don't appreciate that, Chris. Um, <laughs> but, but really, it was a fascinating look. You talked about how someone who makes six million bucks a year and you broke down where their money might go, 10% escrow, 3% agent fees. You know, basically the take-home sounded like between two, two and a half million dollars. Um, you know, that's obviously for someone who's making that you know, for making $6 million, I guess, did you see players that you played with have trouble with finances, even though they made as much money to, to a lot of people, I know they read that thread and they went, Oh, quit complaining pronger. And it's like, well, I understand you're not complaining. Yeah, you're just yeah, explaining yeah. how this works for a lot of guys. Right. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm not complaining. I'm all set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worried about it, but I think, uh, you know, th- there are players that, um, run into problems. I think, I guess the justification people are like, Oh, I would retire after a million. No, you wouldn't. There's no way you would. You're right. playing in the league. You're having an awesome time. You're living it up with your buddies. You're, you're trying to win championships. Uh, you're, you're living out your dream. You're not retiring. Give me a break. Um, <laughs> but I will say, you think about it. You're 18, 19, 20 years old, 21 years old. When you get in the league, you know, making a million, two million, whatever it is. Uh, you know, it's just the facts of life. The, the average career is four years. So let's say you start at 21. Now you're 25. You're done. Now what? What are you going to do? And if you didn't go to school and you didn't prepare, and most people don't prepare because who wants to think about the end of their career when they're 21, 22 years old? And you think your career is going to, you're always going to be the guy that plays 15, 20 years, and you're always going to be the star. You're always going to be this, you're going to be that. And, you know, everybody has to set goals and dreams, and you got to push yourself, etc. But you also got to look at look at the bigger picture and go, okay, what what do I need to do to set myself up for retirement? What do I got to do to make sure that uh, I'm not going to struggle when I'm done playing, whenever that is? And um, it, yeah, I have seen players. You know, I'm sure Kipper's seen a lot of a lot of team, former teammates um, that are struggling now. That you know, you, they're down on their luck or, or what have you, and you're just like, how did it go wrong? And, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not whining. I'm not complaining. I'm just stating facts of things that happen throughout the course of the league and, and all the leagues for that matter. It's not just the NHL. It's, it's, it's professional sports. Prongs, when I broke in, I would talk to my teammates and they weren't even paying their own visa bill. 
They everything went through their agent. They said that uh, the credit card statements end up with the agent. They're paying a fee for them to do all of that. And I'm like, are you crazy? Not even knowing how to pay off a, a monthly visa when when you broke in, and uh, you know you, you got your signing bonus. You were a top pick. Uh, was that stuff that you were greatly interested right of away the the, the awareness of of that type of money? Yeah, I, well, I mean, yes and no. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of overhead. I was 18 years old, so, I mean, I bought a car, and I had to write a bit of an insurance check. Um, what was your bonus? I lived with a family, so my bonus was a million, but I, I got 800000 but I still had to pay tax on it. So, typically, you know, if you're not, I just threw it in the bank and sat on it for a while because I had my car, and then I was good. Um, but, you know, people will spend on all kinds of stuff. And when you're 18, 19 years old, I mean, what do you know? You know, and so I, I lived with the family, and they he introduced me to somebody in New York that he, he knew very well, and, you know, then that kind of opened up a relationship there. But not everybody's that lucky. A lot of times the kids will come in at 20, and they're living on their own, and, you know, they're having the time of their life, and, you know, it's hunky-dory. But you got to have some kind of structure. Just like when you're coming to the rink and preparing for games, you have routines and structure. And and when it comes to finances and life outside of hockey, that, that stuff kind of goes by the wayside. We don't have structure. and We don't have routines in place. And so it, it, it's more or less just shining a light on it and, and trying to wake people up to you know, and more importantly, the athletes themselves are like, you got to take care of yourself. You're young. There is a long runway after you're done playing, and you can't set yourself up for success, but you got to start early. Uh, Chris, how, how often do you feel like there are sharks around you because people know that you have some money? Like, I know that a lot of former athletes, they, they, I think some people in business maybe assume they don't know how to deal with money and they approach them with offers and opportunities that are maybe not that viable is this something you have to watch for now that you're you're not playing anymore yeah well not not so much that i'm not playing anymore just just because you're i don't i'm not really about that stuff but yeah there's lots of people that come to you with deals and they know you've invested with this person or that person or that company and and you know you got to vet all these things and you're looking at stuff uh, but by you know by my age now I've seen all these things and 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 made listen and made my fair mistakes mistakes all the stuff that's in there I made those same mistakes mm-hmm. you know I had I had two cars I had two houses I had you know all this stuff and um, at at some point you're like okay what do I need that for and and why don't I use that and put it to better use it's just sitting there um, so you, you know when you're young as you very well know. Somebody can tell you what to do, and somebody can walk you through the perils and the pitfalls. But until you experience it yourself, where you have a aha moment, you can help guide and steer. It's pretty hard to tell a twenty-year-old, twenty-one-year-old who's a millionaire that, hey, you got to do this. They've got to kind of come to a realization on their own. But you can guide and steer them, and and kind of show them why, and and kind of guide the process. And if they want to oh, great. And if they don't, you know what? That's their decision. The important thing is, though, I think you, you try to educate yourself as much as you can. And at some point, I think you got you to have faith and, and trust somebody. You can't, you can't do right. it Greek style like my mom and dad and just stuff it in their mattress, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do you do have to trust people, but I think... When these kids are coming in at that young age, it's all on my thread. I was reading a lot of, well, doesn't the NHL do something? Doesn't the NHLPA do something? Don't the agents do something? And unfortunately, in a society where there's a lot of lawyers and a lot of liability, it only takes one mistake and the wrong introduction to create a legal storm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they kind of do. And, and, and I think the league's taken steps. Uh, with regards to, you know, having a yearly summer summit with, with some of the young players and walking them through, you know, what it's like to be a professional, how to handle the media, how the league operates. Uh, you know, there's there's some stuff on finances. There's some stuff on, 
you know, the pitfalls, uh, you know, the Rob Raman situation, uh, things like that. But as it relates to finances, it's so complicated, it's so complex, there's so much going on that, you know, and, and not knowing one person or the next what their knowledge of it is, it's hard to kind of, it could be boring for one and very intriguing for another. You don't know really know where to start. And so, you know, I, I think there needs to, to probably be a little bit more. And also they're in a great big group and, you know, they're tired. They've been listening to people talk to them all day. They're on their phones. You know, they're maybe they're like, you know, most of the time they're like, oh, I don't, this is, it's never going to be you. I would never, I would never do that. You know, and, and, and by the way, <laughs> I was the same way. <laughs> Kipper, you you were with me at train camp. Brad McCrimmon was my roommate, my te- and my <laughs> and my defense partner. <laughs> he, I mean, everything that he told me came true. And I'm 18. He's 36. He could have been my dad for God's sake. And everything came true. And and of course, he's coaching in Detroit when I played my thousandth game in Anaheim against Detroit. And I talked to him afterwards. Like so. Now that you're you're schooling all these youngsters, how does it feel? And how does my sage wisdom sound now? Like, <laughs> you were a hundred percent right on everything. <laughs> oh my god! I I, I I grabbed the meal money envelopes like like I won the lottery. For oh. God's sakes! Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so. Yeah, it- it's crazy. You know, I was going to ask Prongs, like, like, what is the purpose of having Twitter or 100,000 Twitter followers or wherever that's going to end up for you, what you wanted to do with that? But I want to parlay that a little bit into what, you know, how important is it to have purpose after you're done playing in the NHL? I think a, a lot of former guys struggle with finding the next thing for them. And I do think it is important to find something, right? You can't just do nothing until you die. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, you can, listen, you can only golf so much. You can only... You know, do, you know, do all this kind of stuff. Yeah. It, it, you do need purpose, and you need, uh, as you all know, you need structure. As a hockey player, your day is planned out out for you all day, every day. Even now with these kids in the summer, from their training programs to their skating coach, their shooting coach, their, you know, all the different people that they go and see in the summer stuff, it, it's so structured that when you're done playing, you've got all this time, <laughs> and you're bored, and you don't know what to do, and you're like, okay, Maybe I'm going to do this. And then you start making stupid investments and, well, I'm going to do this business or I'm going to invest in this or I'm going to do this. And, and there's no real ideology and reason why you're doing certain things because you are quasi lost for what 2.0 is going to look like. And, and it can be daunting for a lot of players that all they've done is play hockey and all they've done is just focus on doing one thing and, and have, you know, invested so much time and effort in their craft, and then it's over, and they're like, okay, um, I'm so-and-so the hockey player. And and that's why I think it's so important for players to realize, yes, your identity is your hockey player, baseball player, football player, to a certain extent, but you, you're, mo- you're more than that. And you got to realize that early on. There's more to it. We're talking to Chris Pronger, Hall of Famer, Stanley Cup champion, and now Twitter star on the financial side of things. So is is the natural progression now uh, another Twitter uh, feed where you talk about lending me a million dollars at no interest? <laughs> Interest-free loan for one million years? Hey, um, it does sound like there's a side of you that, that really has enjoyed this. Do you see yourself in an advising side in any capacity? And, and just, like, come on. I mean, there's only one Chris Pronger out there with your experience and your knowledge. I mean, you know, we, we, we got to protect the kids moving forward. Is there, is there somewhere you see down the road for you? been great is I've had an opportunity to talk to a lot of really good people and just to start conversations and they've already begun talking about all this stuff and kind of working through um, what it might look like and how to do it. There's a few companies that uh, are already in place where they kind of do some for athletes and corporations and things like that. So uh, it's actually really been been great to talk to them to see what they're up to. I, I hadn't heard of Fathom because if you're not researching it and looking for it, you're never going to see it because it's not advertised. 
so it, you know it, it's very interesting and they've got great platforms and so um you know i've got a number of calls set up over the next month just to kind of see what they're doing you know with wealth managers with companies with education platforms and really just to kind of see what's out there and you know if there's a a different way to do it or a way to partner with them or a way you know just to tell my story or what have you just to kind of keep it real and and you make it about yourself more so than uh some random person or you're just berating somebody and you know about things that they did versus what you did and the mistakes you made and successes you've had and etc i mean we all have our ups and downs it uh, it makes it more relatable, and I think people appreciate it. We did. We loved it, uh, and we appreciate your time and uh, talking about it uh, today, Prongs. Thanks for doing this, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Chris Thank Pronger. You. I love yeah, that you, stuff. Yeah, you do love that stuff. I See, do. I love that you love that yeah. stuff because there's still the mentality that um, I – I'm just a player. I just play. Yeah. I let other people uh, look after that, and it goes back to my teammates way back when, when they're like, "No, nah, I don't know. I just let my agent do that." Or well, I just it's like, let is my... your brain not and fully like, formed no, at that age? Because no. I didn't think about money or even think about having a plan or a future. You know, we're, we're having my dad on next. He's an interesting one to talk to about this. I think Eagleson uh, took some money off my yes. dad somewhere and along the many way. Others, yeah. So I don't know. He might have something on that too. I, I remember him talking about his first contract and, and the yeah. dollars and cents. It's fa- fascinating yeah. how much has changed over the years. And, and you make up a, a great point, and especially Prongs. I mean, Sammy, what was the final tally on Chris Pronger's career earnings? $111 million. $111 and a few of those without escrow. Yeah, <laughs> good point. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I, think I had a good laugh. I'm all set. I'm all set. <laughs> yes, you are. I think, you're, I think but, you're fine, bro. But there's a sense, and you even picked it up even before we spoke to him today, but the vibe in his Twitter feed is, I'm just trying to let people understand. Mm-hmm. And there are people that are interested in it. They just don't look at it and go, 111 million or 113 million. Like, yeah. like, yeah. like get, well, go beyond that. I think, I think, more the, depth. I think the complaint from Joe regular, like me is, yeah, we, we all have things we have to pay. It's called taxes and rent and other things that, you know, and we don't make millions of dollars. So right, that would know. be the, the opposition yeah. to I it. I think, I don't think Chris Pronger has a point. No, of as course. much as his point is maybe you guys will think this is interesting to see what life is like for the rich 100%. and famous. But He's I'm just not, saying Joe Regular, no, like, that's how they're statement. taking it. Yeah. That's, yeah. like, how Joe Regular well, is being know, offended I, by it. I was going to say this to Prongs, but, like, you know, there's some things in there where you just don't recognize, you know, when you've made money for a long time. You're like, you know, you got to have a car. It's 75 grand a year. <laughs> it's like, well, hang on hey, now. My 09 Jetta was 16 It cost me 75 grand to fill my <laughs> Toyota Camry right now. Yeah. So. There are players out there that are making decisions, and especially if you're even, uh, say, uh, a Michael Bunting where it's 950 US but he's taking home 300 at the end of the year. Yeah, but come and spend it in Toronto now. Good point. Right? Yeah. Go and rent in Toronto or go buy a house now in Toronto and go get your shoebox for a million and a half, 2 million or stay in Arizona and spend 300 grand oh. on it. So I did that. I lived in Arizona before Toronto. You know, my, my rent was $800 a month, 808 in Arizona. I had a three-bedroom place with a pool with beach sand that went into the, the pool. Oh, my God. And I came up here, and I saw the places they were showing me for $1,500 a month, and I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I'm not living here. And so I, I, they showed me 10 places. I said no to everything, and eventually I had to move up here for work. So my real estate agent was like, all right, well, we got you a place. It's 1600 bucks. It's on King West. Yeah, it was like 490 square feet or 510, I think it was. Yeah, got to go outside to change your mind. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds about right. A shoebox in the sky. Yeah, I was like, that's that was my first place here. I couldn't even fathom. And it's 10 times worse than that. That was 10 years ago. And that, again, if you're, you got four or five guys making minimum salary because they have to, because you've spent out the, the cap that isn't going up. These are huge factors now for for players and where they're going and where their wives are going and where their kids are going and whether or not they, you know, what what the wants and needs are. 
Spezza said he'd play for free. He basically is in Toronto. He's got four yeah. girls in university, I think. And and, yeah, he's, play, and, he's playing and, for free. And he may have made more money than Pronger. Yeah, yeah actually, Spezza's earnings are not light either. I bet you Spezza's uh, 70, 100. Uh, let me check here. I'm just 97. Google, Google, Google. I think, no, we're, I think we're lower than that. All right. Bradley, it's taking me a long time to type here. Oh, yeah, he's... Uh, I was in the ballpark. $89 million for Spezza. I guess, 89 uh, I don't, You guys don't even need me here. I got Derek on the Some case. Some of those guys. $89,750,000. What, what, <laughs> what, what were the years there where everyone was making real money? That was like, I mean, fairly close to your time, was it not? There, I think Yager was making $10 million 30 years ago, wasn't he? 30 years ago, we had, uh, I, I believe in the late 90s, we had $10 million players. Yeah. And no now, wonder the league won the now, salary cap. And, 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 and Sid has never been over $8.7 million a year. That's got to be the most underpaid athlete of all time. Value to, to dollars has to be Sidney Crosby. I think he's doing And, and think, you know what? Canadians I, I think, love him for it. I think it. that's your next article. Most underpaid yes. athletes of all time? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. You want to strike one. a nerve? It's a great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People love to hear about how being underpaid is uh, making eighty million. How could you make eight million? Yes. So oh, so regular.